Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Coming up, I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered for Monday, July 15, 2019. Donald Trump and his racist tweets, he attacks four women in Congress, all sisters of color. He says, I'm not a racist. You a damn lie. We shall deconstruct all of it. Also, Sheila Bynum Coleman makes a run for Speaker of the Virginia House after a gerrymandering case in her district. She'll join us live to discuss this and the impact of gerrymandering on the nation's politics. Also, mysterious death of the founder of the Baton Rouge African American Museum sends shockwaves through the black community and the entire city of Baton Rouge. We'll hear from the mayor as well as a state representative who I talked to this morning on the Times Journal Morning Show. James Field Jr., the white supremacist who drove his car through a protest in Charlottesville, sentenced to more time. Yo, punk ass, not getting out of jail. The security guard in Ohio pulls out a gun on a black uniform cop. Yo, seriously. You might be black and blue, but you still black. In the Montgomery County, Maryland Police Department, they've released a body cam footage of a white female officer using the N-word during an arrest. Well, she still has her job. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. This is what he tweeted, folks, over the weekend, uh, speaking out about the four women of color who are freshmen in the United States Congress. 
He had some things to say about them that ticked off a whole lot of people. First, he said, so interesting to see progressive Democratic congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt, and inept anywhere in the world if they even have a functioning government at all. Now loudly, next, and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came, then come back and show us how it's done? These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. Now, let's just be clear, show you how dumb, how much of a dumbass Donald Trump is. Three of the four women he's talking about, they're from here. Like, when I say from here, like from here, as in raised here, as in born here. So if they're going to go back to a country, they are already in the country they can go back to. Now, of course, he was immediately lit up by folks on social media, Democrats as well, but it was quite interesting. <laughs> the length of silence that existed from Republicans. It was as if they were in such shock and awe that they did not know how to tweet or appear on Sunday shows <laughs> or respond to the racist and bigoted tweets. Now, after they got their ass lit up this morning, all of a sudden, they discovered their conscience. And so, Will Hurd, Texas, the only Republican in the House. This is him on CNN. The tweets are, are racist and xenophobic. Um, they're also inaccurate um, because the four women he's referring to are folks that have um, grown up, they're U.S. citizens. It's behavior that's unbecoming of a president of the United States and the leader of the free world. We should talk about uniting people and not dividing us. And ultimately, uh, politically, it's, it's hurtful. You were having a civil war going on within the Democratic Party, and now they've all circled the wagons and are, are protecting one another. Right. So so that's that's my thoughts. Um, and, and, and unfortunately. Now, other Republicans uh, had something to say. Can we pull those tweets up, please? Uh, they began to comment and all of a sudden begin to show themselves. Again, it took them a really, really, really long time to say something. Uh, and, and so uh, I'm going to pull up some of them as well. First of all, what I thought was funny was Britt Hume of Fox News uh, actually tweeting that. Yeah, xenophobic, not good, politically stupid, but the textbook definition, they do not define racist. Dude, really? Really? All right, let me pull up some of the other tweets. Do we have those? Pull them up, please. Uh, the other Republicans, uh, again, what they had to say. And so, uh, Congress, Congress, excuse me, Senator Tim Scott, the only African-American Republican in the United States Senate, he finally woke the hell up. He said, no matter our political disagreements, aiming for the lowest common denominator will only divide our nation further. My full statement below, please pull up his statement, which he clearly wrote on his iPhone in the notes section. I'm familiar with it because I've done it as well. <laughs> now, don't you love how he starts off talking about the Democrats before he gets to Donald Trump? In fact, he goes through all kind of crap before he gets to Trump. He wrote, he wrote, prior to this weekend, we saw the Democratic Party embroiled in racial controversy from Kamala Harris attacking Joe Biden on uh, segregationists to four black and brown women chastising Democratic leadership for attacking women of color. It is clear the Democratic Party has serious issues uh, along these lines. Dog, really? Yo party. All y'all missing are hoods. Go back to the statement. All right. Instead of sharing how the Democratic Party far-left pro-socialist policies, not to mention the hateful language some of their members have used towards law enforcement and Jews are wrong for the future of our nation, then he finally gets to his damn president. The president interjected with unacceptable personal attacks and racially offensive language. No matter our political disagreements, aiming for the lowest common denominator will only divide our nation further. That, 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 that's the best you can do. A black man from South Carolina. That's the best you can do. Okay, y'all, pull up some of the other Republicans. Uh, I want to show you what they also had to say. Uh, again, you had uh, a, 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 you have a number of them. That's all you have? Y'all supposed to pull several others. 
so, okay, well, that's all you have, and we're supposed to have more. So let me try to go to my iPad to pull those up. Because it was real interesting, again, looking at uh, them finally waking up uh, to comment. Uh, you have uh, you get a guy from uh, Mike Turner. Okay, from, uh, he writes, Ohio, I'm confident that every member of Congress is a committed American. Donald Trump's tweets from this weekend were racist, and he should apologize. We must work as a country to rise above hate, not enable it. But no, Mike, uh, all of your party are not going to say something. I mentioned Will Hurd. Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, she said, uh, there's no excuse for the president's spiteful comments. They were absolutely unacceptable, and this needs to stop. Uh, a little bit more than spiteful. We have enough challenges addressing the humanitarian crisis, both at our borders and around the world. Instead of digging deeper into the mud with personal vindictive insults, we must demand a higher standard of decorum and decency uh you're talking about trump that's gonna be a little hard because he has no decency or morals or values uh let's see here uh, okay susan collins trying to same tim scott crap i disagree strongly with many of the views and comments of some of the far left members of the house democratic caucus especially when it comes to their views on socialism their anti-semitic rhetoric and their negative comments about law enforcement but the president's tweet that some members of Congress should go back to the places from which they came was, okay, way over the line. Really? Did you, I mean, again, y'all see the pattern. Let's talk about the other party before we get to Dexter Donald Trump. Uh, let's see, we got Tim Scott, uh, Representative Elise Stefanik. While I strongly disagree with the tactics, policies, and rhetoric of the far-left socialist squad, y'all know as the socialist line? Mm -hmm. Okay. The president's tweets were inappropriate, denigrating, and wrong. It is unacceptable to tell legal U.S. citizens to go back to their home country. Then you have Pete Olson of Texas. He tweeted, the tweet President Trump posted over the weekend about fellow members of Congress are not reflective of the values of the one million plus people in Texas 22. We are proud to be the most diverse congressional district in America. I urge our president immediately to disavow his comments. Did not want to call them racist, as you see. Fred Upton, frankly, I'm appalled by the president's tweets. There's no excuse. Inflammatory rhetoric from both sides. Here we go with that both sides bullshit again. Both sides of the aisle that is used to divide us just isn't right. It's not helpful. We have too many challenges facing us that we ought to be working on together. Immigration, the debt ceiling, the border crisis. The president's tweets were flat out wrong and uncalled for. And I would encourage my colleagues from both parties to stop talking so much and start governing more. Then you have Pat Toomey of uh, Pennsylvania. President Trump was wrong to suggest that four left-wing congresswomen should go back to where they came from. Three of the four were born in America, and the citizenship of all four is as valid as mine. I couldn't disagree more with these congresswomen's views on immigration, socialism, national security, and virtually every policy issue, but they are entitled to their opinions. However misguided they may be, we should defeat their ideas on the merits, not on the basis of their ancestry. Okay. All right. And let's see here. Anybody else? Uh, Mitt Romney. I certainly feel a number of these new members of Congress have views that are not consistent with my experience and not consistent with building a strong America. That's all your sorry ass had to say? Wow. <laughs> but then again, you're the man who held, who held a big old speech uh, but during the presidential campaign uh, calling out Donald Trump. And then, of course, when he wins, you decided to go dine with him while he embarrassed your ass when it came to be Secretary of State. What actually happened to the Republican Party? Did they actually lose their guts? Um, really? Or did, did something just get sort of lopped off when Trump became president? I'm just saying. Uh, and then, of course, uh, i got to find the video in a second. Uh, okay, this is, the, this is the second half of Mitt Romney's comments. At the same time, I recognize that the president has a unique and no... Y'all, he actually said this here. At the same time, I recognize that the, pres that the president has a unique and noble calling to unite all Americans regardless of our creeds or race or place of our national origin. And I think in that case, the president fell far short. That's what we call a punk-ass statement right there. Uh, and then we have Chip Roy. Polis was wrong to say any American citizen, whether in Congress or not, has any home besides the U.S., but I just as strongly believe non-citizens who abuse our immigration laws, whatever. I don't want to hear that. Okay, and so that's what you have going on there. So finally, they are waking up and actually saying something. I'm going to try to find this comment from Lindsey Graham. He was actually asked about this on Fox and Friends, and what he chose to do is really punk out uh, and, uh, and basically call them communists. That's, that's, that's literally what he did. That was his response uh, to uh, the very issue. Again, you now understand sort of the mindset, uh, which is one of the reasons why he should be uh, defeated. So uh, I think, uh, the, check this out. Go to my iPad. We all know that AOC and this crowd are a bunch of communists, 
They hate Israel. They hate our own country. They're calling the guards uh, along our border, the Border Patrol agents, concentration camp guards. Uh, they accuse people who support Israel of doing it for the Benjamins. Uh, they're anti-Semitic. They're anti-America. Don't get that. Aim higher. We don't need to know anything about them personally. Talk about their policy. We all know. Literally, that, that was his answer to that. What that shows you is that Senator Lindsey Graham was a fraud and a fake the whole time Senator John McCain was alive because he was simply cowering behind McCain trying to draft off of him. Now that Senator McCain is dead, you thought that Senator Graham would step up and be a man and actually uh, have some leadership. But instead, what he's chose to do is kiss Donald Trump's ass. He played golf with him yesterday with Senator Rand Paul because he doesn't have any guts to say what is right. Now, New Gingrich, always give it up to him because you know what he did? He went on Fox and Friends and said that Donald Trump's comments are politically good for him. That's really what this whole thing boils down to. So let me unpack or deconstruct really what this whole thing is all about. Donald Trump, folks, is speaking to the white fear of a changing America. Cortez, 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 Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, and Ilhan Omar, they represent the future makeup of America and his base hates that. By 2043, America's going to be a nation majority of people of color. Trust me, don't think for a second he's not fully aware of what buttons he's pushing. And you may say, really, Roland, white fear? Yeah. Ask John Avalon on CNN. He and I were talking one day before we went on the air one day, and we were off to the side, and I said, John, we are about, this was, this was the election of Obama after he's inaugurated. I said, we are now looking at the beginning of what I call white minority resistance. That is, even though whites comprise a majority in America, they are operating as if they are the in a minority because of what we're going to see in 24 years. As I said, I've been saying this for, for consistently since 2009. Said on CNN, said it on TV One, said it on the Time Journal Morning Show, on MSNBC, MS, MSNBC, ABC. I would say it on Fox News, but they won't call a brother like me, likely because they know exactly how I roll. And frankly, it's time for white journalists and white media executives to wake up. Now, what white media journalists and media executives need to do is take off their blinders about Donald Trump and race. In fact, if you look at the New York Times, they won't even call his comments racist. They literally are afraid to even say the word. Now, let's go back to when he launched his campaign. How did he start? Rapist from Mexico. Shithole countries. Haiti, Africa. Refusing to apologize to the Central Park Five. Yeah. And see, here's what he does. He touts the First Step Act to say, I like black people. <laughs> the reality is Donald Trump has a white nationalist view. Remember last week, Megan McCain on The View? She said Donald Trump's supporters hate what he hates. Well, guess what? He gives them permission to unleash their inner hatred. And folks, this is no different. And the media is complicit for not speaking the truth on this. I keep telling you, by 2043, America is going to be a nation, majority people of color, majority Hispanic, black, Asian, Native American, and other. Whites will be 47% of the country, minorities 53% of the country. Don't get it twisted, folks. This is what is driving the conversation. When you hear oh, white economic anxiety, now, first of all, the white family has median income higher than any other group. If there's anybody who should be economically anxious are broke-ass people. Black people, Latinos, others. But see, this white fear is driving the GOP's policies. And Donald Trump knows it. And does this mean all white Americans have white fear? Nope. But the fear is of changing values, direction, and priorities. Let me put a pin in that. Because see, again, I need you to understand what I am saying. America has been led, governed, and shaped through a white prism. Rights weren't given to blacks and others. We had to fight and petition for them. If you're white, you're born with all your rights. You haven't had to have laws changed. If America saw black folks and others as true Americans, there would be no need for the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, also known as the Reconstruction Amendments. There'd be no need for the 1866, the 1871, the 1875, the 1957, the 1960, 1964, 1968, 1991 Civil Rights Acts. Take a walk through American history, folks. White immigrants endured some resistance and bigotry from other white immigrants who are already here, but then they all got together and said, you know what? We all white, 
they black, and they link together with their white cultural identity, eventually meshing and accepting one another. But see, we've always been in the other category. Now, again, unpacking this, what Donald Trump is doing is giving voice to what was pushed out of public voice into the deep recesses of the home and minds. Remember Robert E. Lee, after the Civil War, told his troops to furl the rebel flag. It was missing from American life for three generations. When did the Confederate flag reemerge? Huh. In 1948, when the Democrats, in a very small way, put a civil rights plank, put a civil rights part in their party plank. The racist Dixiecrats got real upset, held their own conference in Mississippi, and guess what they pulled out of the attic? Ah, the Confederate flag. Now remember, this all happened after Republican Herbert Hoover led the Lily White movement on the Republican Party. Then you had that violent racist Democrat, Woodrow Wilson, who embraced the birth of a nation. The history of America can be marked based on white fear and attacks on people of color. And what is typically the driving force? Culture and economics. Guess what's always used as an excuse? Crime. Portray minorities as stains on American due to crime. Just check Donald Trump's tweet. Pull the tweet up, please. What did he reference? The crime in these nations. Pull the tweet up. Here's what it says. Right there. Okay? Worst, most corrupt, and end up anywhere in the world. Next. Come on. Next. Right there. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? What Donald Trump is saying is code. What he is saying is these others, they are criminals. And that's where you come from. That's what he was trying to say there. Folks, this racism formed the basis of his presidential run. But here's the key. This is nothing more than his 2020 re-election plan. What did he say in 2016? Only I can fix this. The same racist playbook Nixon ran on in 1968. Oh, Nixon tossed the black folks an economic bone. That's what James Brown stood with Nixon. Trump today touts the black unemployment rate as his racist cover for white fear. Folks, as we stand here to fully explain Donald Trump's worldview and playing to white fear, I think of this scene. How many of y'all remember the movie The Good Shepherd starring Matt Damon, Joe Pecci? In The Good Shepherd, Matt Damon plays an early CIA officer, and he seeks the help from Italian mobster Joe Pecci. Now, they don't like each other, but they need each other because they have a common enemy. If you want to understand white fear in America, if you want to understand Donald Trump's go back tweet, if you want to understand the history of America in terms of white seeing everyone else's others, watch this. Let me ask you something. We Italians, we got our families and we got the church. The Irish, they have the homeland. The Jews, their tradition. Even the niggas, they got their music. What about you people, Mr. Carlson? What do you have? The United States of America. The rest of you are just visiting. That 29-second scene explains white America and the rest of us. And the fear is that we're no longer just visiting. Folks, it's time white journalists woke up the hell up, because trust me, this ain't going away. This is going to survive Trump. This is going to continue far past 2043. And folks need to understand exactly what is going on in this nation. Let's go to our panel right now. Dr. Avis Jones-DeWeaver, political analyst, leadership strategist. Also, Dr. Julian Malvolo, economist, president emerita, been at college, as well as Eugene Craig, CEO, Eugene Craig Organization. Eugene, uh, you're a Republican, your party, filled with a bunch of cowards, absolutely afraid to question this man. They had to be forced to do so after about 24 or so hours because they literally had no choice because it, he was, it was clearly racist. Before I would go there, there was even a news conference today where a crazy man literally said, I'm not racist, <laughs> not I. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I, mentioned, I didn't mention names, and uh, 
I didn't do that, but I will tell you, with our country, and I think everybody in this audience, these are great manufacturers, great workers in our audience, too. They brought a lot of their workers here. Uh, if you're not happy here, then you can leave. As far as I'm concerned, if you hate our country, if you're not happy here, you can leave. And that's what I say all the time. That's what Okay, I'm going to come back to it. If you're not happy here, you can leave. Didn't his punk ass criticize Obama during the eight years? Did he leave? <laughs> What's even more embarrassing? The punk ass is clapping in the audience to the stupid statement. Press play. What I said in a tweet, which I guess some people think is controversial. A lot of people love it, by the way. A lot of people love it. But if you're not happy in the U.S., if you're complaining all the time, very simply, you can leave. You can leave right now. Stop it right there. He does know there's a thing called the First Amendment, which allows for you to protest, allows for you to assemble, allows for you to critique. No, he can't read. Go ahead and press play. Come back if you want. Don't come back. It's okay, too. But if you're not happy, you can leave. That's just a very racist statement, somebody that would say that. So Speaker Pelosi said, make America white again. Let me tell you, that's a very racist, that's a very racist statement. I'm surprised she'd say that. John, go ahead. Eugene. Uh, he definitely uh, tried to pull the old conservative trope. I'm not the racist. You're the racist. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a lot to unpack there. A uh, lot to unpack. I'll do a quick rapid fire. Uh, Will Hurt, you know, stepped up per usual. Um, you know, he, he's, he's usually the first to call out the president on a lot of these things um, without having to be asked to. I am very shocked and disappointed in Tim Scott's statement. Um, literally two years ago, this is the same person that stood on the floor of the Senate and, uh, you know, gave his encounter of being a black U.S. senator, not a black man, a black U.S. senator in the D.C. metro area. Um, and for him to equivocate uh, criticism of law enforcement uh, to uh, the president coming in and, and, and you know giving very blatant racist statement is, is, statements are it's beyond disappointing um, you know what you're seeing here is uh, not atypical at this point of uh, elected Republican members of Congress in the US Senate especially folk that are for re-election uh, like Lindsey Graham uh, to either not seriously criticize the president call out his racist statements um, but what I think is also more damaging and damning is uh, to try to equivocate socialism or try to call you know, the squad anti-Semitic because they disagree with the racist Netanyahu administration in Israel. They're not saying they hate Jews or hate the Israeli people, but it's not anti-American, it's not anti-Semitic to criticize Israel. The state not, of Israel, the Julie, state, the government of Israel. Julian, not one white conservative evangelical has said a word, no shock. If you go back and read or watch our reading of Frederick Douglass' July 4th speech, the biggest criticism he had in there was for the white church. Yes. You go back and read that, and then you can see present day, trust me, they're both associated. Go ahead. And read the letter from the Birmingham jail in which uh, Dr. King also called out the church, the so-called Christians who are not Christian, uh, I want to, Roland, go back to 1918, to the lynching of Mary Turner. Mm -hmm. Mary Turner was a black woman whose husband was lynched, and she said that she was going to hold people accountable. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And when they said that she Eugene, was... Eugene, turn your damn phone off, Eugene. Yeah, really, <laughs> I'm trying to talk. He's if you're going to play with your phone on the show, turn the volume down it first. Was a mistake. Then play with your phone. Yeah, especially... I'm a Julian's, don't talk, because your ass done before. Don't act like... Don't, 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 stop, don't stop trying to front you Eugene. Yeah, I do. You have a point. Now you finish your point. point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Roland. You know I love you anyway. She gonna try to pile on Eugene when you done before. Go on, go on, go on. Okay, okay, okay. Keep going. Mary Turner lynched because she was mouthy. Because she was a mouthy black woman who was going to hold white people accountable for lynching her husband. What the punishment for black women being mouthy has been lynching or worse, as in Sandra Bland, as in others. And so these four women of color amazing women who I admire, uh, did what Democrats do. Let's be clear, what Democrats do. Dissent is the foundation of a democratic society. So they and Pelosi are dusting up, 
ain't no biggie. That's what Democrats do all the time. But the, the orange orangutan gets into it because he feels like he has something to say, which is nothing. The difference between Democrats and Republicans is that Republicans have sworn they put their hands on the Bible of the orangutan and they've sworn fealty to him. And no matter what he does, as he said, he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and he thinks it's okay. But in the image of Mary Turner, of Shirley Chisholm, and of others, we must stand behind these women and also call this idiot to task for this. Yes, it's racist. I mean, I don't, so many of us have been told, I used to do radio in San Francisco, and whenever I said something that stupid people didn't like, go back to Africa, I'd be like, send me tickets. Just send me tickets. <laughs> Somebody did. They sent me a one-way ticket. I said, if you send me the round trip, I'll use it. But, you know, this is what people do when black people have something to say about the faults of this country, faults that they acknowledge when they wrote this Constitution. Ask John Adams. Avis, what we're... I'm not shocked at all by what John Trump, by Donald Trump did. Mm -mm. Uh, I'm not pissed off by it. Follow me here. I use this as motivation for what the focus has to be. It's to throw him the hell out of office. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there is no bottom. There, there's no such thing as Donald Trump has hit rock bottom. No. <laughs> he will go lower. And he will go lower. He does. You cannot shame him. And he, he says what he wants to say. Folks, they bought, fall into it. These white executives in media play it up big time. And so the only way to, the, to, to get rid of this cancer is to organize, mobilize, or throw him the hell out. Absolutely. I mean, he is what he is. Uh, all he did was put on display even more blatantly who he is. He is racist. This is no surprise. We've known this from day one. Uh, but it, it's, you know, and as you've said, this is a trope that we all know is a racist trope. I mean, the first time somebody said that to me, I was probably six years old. I mean, we know what that means. Yeah, we know what it said. Go back to where you came from. Absolutely. We, we've all heard that. We've all heard that. That's the one white folks always, racist white folks always use that one. And, and it's just like, like, really, that's the one y'all want to use? Absolutely. It's the when, second one that you're from the action higher. When, yeah, so the, well, that. Like, so, so we know all the phrases. We know, we know them all. And nine times out of ten, my family been here longer than your family. Hello. Come on, let's get real. And, you, and um, we, hello, cause, yeah, hello, cause, hello. Because he ain't from here. What, what I wanted, he's not, look, what's what I'm getting ready to say. How and we damn sure know his wife not here, from here. How long has his wife been here? How long has his mother been here? Was he even born in the United States? Let's just think about that for a minute. He projects every damn thing else. Now, I, I'm just, you know, wondering about that. So we know who he is. We know he's racist, and we know that he's specifically targeting these black women because, as you mentioned, what they hate most are black women who are free, black women who will say what they have to mm -hmm. say. And quite frankly... Yeah, they ain't I, never been able to black men or black women who are free. I, well, that's true, but I mean free-minded. No, that's what I'm and saying. I, they... I will also say it's not all Democrats that have the courage to speak up. Yeah. I, I, I really, honestly, I really feel like Nancy Pelosi... Uh, with the with the gave him the courage yep. to come out here and do this, and there I you think go. she has some culpability in this. Oh, I agree. And I also think that mm. her that her tweet was weak. The only thing that she mentioned in her tweet was about xenophobia. She did not mention that this was a racist tweet. White and let me afraid. tell you, and let me tell you, he's never criticized illegal white immigrants, and there are plenty of them, tens of thousands of them. No. And so this was a racist statement, not just a xenophobic statement. And she needs to say that. And in fact, this was Nancy Pelosi's tweet. When Donald Trump tells four American congresswomen to go back to their countries, he reaffirms his plan to make America great again. has always been about making America white again. Our diversity is our strength and our unity is our power. Uh, anyway. You know, you know what the, the problem thing about here, this, uh, just yeah. a sec, because the thing, the thing about this is we built this sucker. Absolutely. We built this sucker. That. MF would not, excuse my language, MF <laughs> would not, Maryland Farmer would not have a White House if it had not been That's for true. the labor of enslaved okay, people. Okay, first of all, undocumented workers work on his damn golf courses, yeah. his winery, and he's been using them for all his time. And explaining And he's them. playing these dumb, ignorant, MAGA, red hat, hat wearing fools. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, y'all, he playing y'all. His daughter, all her stuff ain't made in America. No, all no. his stuff is made. Kind of, she get all kind of patents in, his in China. Hats, his made in America. Made. <laughs> hats are made in China. That's how dumb they are. But again, his, his, but 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 they're falling for this nonsense because in the history of America, when white folks, when broke white folks had economic problems, they did not blame everybody else. Who do they blame? Black, Black people. people. Yeah. When they, but but also uh, on the West Coast. 
who do they blame in the late 1800s? Chinese. Them damn Chinese people. Yep. Okay, you can you can trace American history. Yep. When white folks have economic problems, the they lash out. We talked about it before. Have the no reason Tulsa got burned down because white economic folks did not like the amount of money they were making. Yep. In Memphis, same thing with lynching. Yep. It's, it, Eugene, it's, it's one after another. We can go back to the 1980s when they passed the initial proposition in California. Okay, they targeted, I forgot the number, targeted legal immigrants. i never forget, Molly Ivins wrote a column. She said, y'all, it ain't because of them. It's because of base closures oh, in the whole state of California. Yeah. But that's what we've always seen. You this targeting of people of color when white folks are unsettled because of economics. And the problem now, Eugene, they're now literally seeing, like, damn, oh, my God, this is the most diverse Congress. Yes. What? You got two Muslim women and you got that Muslim dude, Andre Carson. Mm -hmm. We had two Muslims before Keith Ellison became Attorney General of Minnesota. Damn, now we came back with three. Like, what happened? <laughs> they, they, they don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, right, the hijab. And, and yeah. one wears the hijab. Um, so the thing is this, right? Um, to Avis's point, uh, Nancy Pelosi is actually the only person that can actually really do something about this, and that's impeach 45. Mm. And she doesn't want to go down that path, but she's going to end up being forced to go down that path. Um, but this country absolutely has always blamed the other. Um, it's one of the reasons why the work that Dr. Barber's doing is so important to, you know, somewhat wake up poor white folk up uh, that, look, you know, your economic situation isn't because of brown people or tan people or black people. It's because of other white people. Yeah. This is, again, I, I, I need everybody to understand. You can't just make this about Donald Trump. Exactly. I'm telling you, this is white fear. And I'm going to close this out so I can get you to understand what, we, what you're dealing with here. When I talked about morals and values and culture, okay, when you hear okay, Ocasio-Cortez, or when you hear Presley, or you hear Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib, when you hear them talking about how we view the American flag, see, white folks have been raised, it's the flag, oh my God, wrap yourself in it, oh my God, the glory of the flag. But see, for us, we also know the flag has been used for oppression. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so our view is different. What you have to understand is how America was created, how you, that whites have been trained to view America. Jesse, as Jackie Robinson said, I ain't saluting that flag. I ain't standing for that flag. And folks said, well, what's wrong with him? He served in the military. Mm -hmm. That's the real deal here. The reason the Colin Kaepernick case was so controversial, because he had an alternative view the national anthem and the flag. That's what I mean by culture. What I mean by culture, folks, is that the beauty standard in America has been a white, blonde, blue-eyed woman. Now the problem is, damn, we got to consider other people. Okay, they're already pissed off. You know, look, it ain't even like a new thing now to see a black Miss America. Because, hell, what we want, about eight, nine by now? They, they don't know what to do. Okay, all right. Why do you think it was such a visceral reaction with Tiger and golf? Serena in tennis, because you had black folks who are now going into typically white spaces and they're now succeeding. That's what's going on here. So when I talk about this worldview, that's the real issue. The worldview is changing. This nation has been constructed through a white prism. Now it now has to be seen through a black prism, through a Latino prism, through a Muslim prism through a female prism. It was a nation that was built for white male landowners to have power. It's in the documents, y'all. All you gotta do is read. <laughs> and so, don't think, oh, and this is why Joe Biden is wrong as hell. Joe Biden thinks, oh, defeat Trump, we go back to normal. That's the problem, <laughs> Joe. We ain't trying to go back <laughs> to normal because we've known normal for 400 years. And that bullshit ain't work for us. Going to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about another piece that ties into this notion of white fear, political gerrymandering, and its impact on state elections, and how, if we're able to break the backs of it, it changes state politics, not just the nation's capital. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. 
like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, Virginia, in, in Virginia, the 66th district map has been redrawn after a case of racial gerrymandering was presented to the Supreme Court. Now, again, Virginia is one of those places. Uh, you've had Wisconsin, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. Then, of course, the Supreme Court chose to kick it down uh, back to the lower court and uh, not really rule on that. Now, for the first time in a long time, the district in Virginia reflects the Democratic voters who live there. Now, in Virginia, the Speaker of the House of Delegates is Republican Kirk Cox. He's been in that district 29 years. He's going to have a uh, what has been called his toughest race in decades. Running against him is Sheila Bynum Coleman, who joins us right now. Uh, glad to have you here. First off, uh, first, um, let's talk about, again, you're running against somebody who's been in power for quite some time. But the gerrymandering issue, which the Supreme Court pretty much has now allowed, even though they haven't fully, fully um, um, uh, ruled, has an impact because that's how Republicans have been able to maintain control all across the South through racial gerrymandering. And that's why people in North Carolina were stupid, the folks who sued, because they sued on political gerrymandering, which the Supreme Court ruled in their favor. They should listen to Reverend William Barber and sued on racial gerrymandering. Idiots. But, but again, that's what Virginia is dealing with. Republicans being able to maintain power because of political gerrymandering. Exactly. So the district changed about 32 points. The district that I um, lived in previously, it literally is like over the river, through the woods to, to get the voters, right? So it was four localities, and it was, it cut out all of the, most of the Democratic and all of the African-American popular groups of people. And so this district after it's been redrawn by the special maps master, it looks like a circle around the district. So the people who live in the neighborhood next to me, who go to the grocery store, we're all in the same district now, which is important, but it also is going to change the balance of power in our state government, which is important and something that people need to pay attention to because this election is so important, not just to 2019, but also 2020 and beyond because as people say, so goes Virginia, so goes the nation. But what's, what's powerful about this is that the, we're now in a place where the people can choose their legislator as opposed to the legislators choosing their voters. What's your plan to take down on somebody who's been in power for almost 30 years? I'm out in the community going door to door from all day long, and I'm talking to the people in the community. I'm doing everything I can to raise awareness. And this weekend, I was out in 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 the in the district knocking on doors, and you'd be surprised at how many people are actually excited to actually have a voice because they've been no one's ever knocked on their door before because they've been in a district that was racially gerrymandered. And they were all packed into one district, and it was safe to whoever was representing them, so that no one ever had to engage with them or speak to them. So my best foot forward is to go door to door and talk to people and communicate with the people in the district. And that's what we're doing. Again, what you're dealing with is, because uh, the Republicans only have, they got a very slim lead, uh, just one seat. And of course, that was that was decided by the flip of a coin when there was literally a tie race uh, in 2018. 2017. 2017. Yes. And, you know, we have a record number of people running and we also have a lot of minorities that are running, not just for the state, but locally. So, you know, we're, we're starting to move things forward in Virginia. People are starting to wake up, pay attention, get involved. And so it's, it's very important to our nation as a whole that we no longer have a, a state that was, that's racially gerrymandered, where we're packing people into, black people into one, into a few districts and diluting their voice. So we're working really hard to engage with our community and I can tell you, Martin, that it's been so exciting and so inspiring. And one thing that I think that the, our lawmakers are missing is that because they've been in the, he's been in a district where it's been safe for him, he hasn't had to deal with the issues and talk about policy. And when the governor called for a special session and our lawmakers decided not to do anything, the Speaker of the House was the one in control of that. And so when, you're, when you have represent a district that's one-third African-American, and gun violence is plaguing our community, I don't know how you can sleep at night and say that you didn't do anything to address gu 
gun violence in your district. I mean, when I was out knocking on doors, I was in an apartment complex, and literally every building that I went to, there was, there was someone on each floor, so three floors of, of, of the building was three floors, and every floor I went to, somebody had a story about someone being shot, someone being murdered, and this is a real issue impacting our communities. And now that we have a state where it has been legally drawn and the, the maps are fair, it's not safe for anyone. It's, it's, not, it's not allowing the republics to have a stronghold. Now people will see things move forward and they'll see things change. So folks want to know, know, know more about your campaign, where they where they go? I'm sorry to hear you. To know more about your campaign, where do they go? What's your website? Oh, www.sheilafordelegate.com. All right, then. Well, uh, Sheila Bynum Cohen, we appreciate it. Thanks a bunch, and uh, good luck. Thank you. All right, folks, going to a break. We come back. Uh, we'll talk about this stunning case out of Baton Rouge. A black woman, 75 years old, activist, killed, stuffed in the trunk of a car. We'll have latest on Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. All right, folks, marijuanastock.org has another great investment opportunity. If you were lucky enough to invest in their last crowdfunding campaign, you know they raised a bunch of money in just a few months investing in legal marijuana farms. Those initial investors now own shares of a publicly traded company. Last time, of course, many of you missed it. Now you have a second opportunity. They have a new investment opportunity that is as good, if not even better, than the last one. I'm talking about industrial hemp CBD. For those who don't know, the hemp plant is the cousin to marijuana without much higher concentration of CBD, which means hemp CBD gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, the 2018 Farm Bill changed all of that, making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S. and creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. They need land to grow all of their plants, which makes for an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords. And you can get in on the action by investing in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as 200 bucks, up to $10,000. Like I said, you don't want to miss out on the opportunity. To invest, go to MarijuanaStock.org. That's MarijuanaStock.org. Get in the game. And get in the game now. All right, folks, um, the black community in Baton Rouge, they're asking questions after the founder of the Baton Rouge African-American Museum was found dead in the trunk of a car Friday. Sadie jo Roberts Joseph was an activist and was well known for annual Juneteenth celebrations held at the museum. Folks have been stunned by this. This morning, I spoke with the mayor of Baton Rouge, uh, Sharon Weston Broom, and State Representative C. Denise Marcel on the Tom Jordan Morning Show about how her death is affecting the Baton Rouge community. Over the weekend, it was it was stunning. I, I got a call from uh, some folks down in Louisiana asking me if I had seen this story, which was uh, just extremely tragic. Uh, and people are still trying to figure out what in the world has gone on. Uh, Sadie Roberts Joseph, 75-year-old sister, uh, she founded the African-American History Museum there in Baton Rouge. Um, she was uh, found murdered, her body in the trunk of a car, uh, and was located uh, uh, in the afternoon um, on Friday. It was just, just, just uh, unbelievable. You would like, who would kill a 75-year-old black woman, an activist, historian, uh, who cared about the community. Joining us right now is the uh, mayor of Baton Rouge, uh, Sharon Weston Broom, as well as L L Louisiana State Rep C. Denise Marcel. Mayor, I'll first start with you. What is the latest on this case? Well, indeed, uh, Roland, it is a tragedy. I can tell you that 
Our Baton Rouge Police Department has intensified their uh, investigation. We all had a uh, very strong connection with Sadie. I've been knowing her for 30 years, and uh, we anticipate uh, the police department uh, having, hopefully, hopefully having a, a breakthrough in this case uh, sooner than later. I can tell you that they are certainly intensifying their efforts because uh, the police had a very strong connection with uh, Sadie as well. She was well-beloved by every organization, every person in this community that knew her. Um, and when we, we talk about that, they got lots of tips uh, but people were also calling in, though. I was reading one of the stories. They were calling in, just expressing their uh, their love for her, and it was sort of complicating because the cops were like, "Hey, hey, you know, we we were we're trying to actually solve uh, this murder to figure out what went on, to sort through all of it." Absolutely, uh, the the police department has been on boots on the ground, talking with people uh, in the community. Uh, but as you said, there's such an outpouring of love and respect for uh, Sadie uh, that that has been, you know, overwhelming uh, the narrative that you've heard more than uh, solving the case. So we really want people to uh, intensify their efforts, the community to intensify their efforts with information, with tips, so that we can bring closure uh, to this uh, to this tragedy, you know, Roland uh, Sadie. In addition to starting the African American Museum here 18 years ago, some almost 20, 30 years ago, she started and was the founder of an organization called Kadav, which stood for Community Against Drugs and Violence. So for her life to end in violence, which she mm-hmm. fought against and tried to empower communities to uh, mm-hmm. rise against violence is certainly a tragedy. Representative Marcel, you also a uh, longtime friend of Sadie Roberts Joseph. Uh, what should folks around the country know about her that uh, they have not learned through uh, media reports? Well, but thank you for allowing me to join you this morning. I, I want everyone to, uh, I want to echo, first of all, what the mayor has said about her and about her death and what she stood for. But prior to her ever uh, starting Kadav, uh, she was rolling up her sleeves, you know, cleaning up the community. What I want people to know is that she was an awesome woman. Mm. You know, people started to know her, I guess, in the last 20-some years for the museum and her her work around Kadav, but she has been an advocate in this community since I was a child. Um, what, 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 what is so disturbing uh, for the people in Baton Rouge is that she was so mild-mannered, so soft-spoken, and so nice. So we, we're trying to grasp our feelings around and, and our concerns around who in our community would snuff out her life and, and, and not think uh, uh, have a second thought about it in the middle of the day. Uh, the crime is running rampant here in Baton Rouge, and I would hope that out of her death, although we're saddened by it, that it would spark something in Baton Rouge to stop the violence that we've seen so much of lately. Roland, um, how- today Baton Rouge police released a preliminary autopsy report saying the cause of death was traumatic asphyxiation. We'll certainly keep her family in prayers and keep you updated on this story as more information becomes available. All right, folks, y'all remember the, the story of the Montgomery County, Maryland, white female officer using the N-word while talking with a group of black men? Roll tape. A record like court date, it means you don't, they can't find anything with whatever he rang by. That's what it means. What were you in court for? Uh, last uh, last How many you got? I had an upcoming acting group for we're out of. Hey, we're trying to. You want to get out of here fast, right? So if we have more people, y'all niggas been trying to something. If you want to get out of here faster, we have more of our friends to help you get out faster. Uh, nope, that's a quote. Those were your words. 
y'all saw the black cop to the left just stand like he writing a report like he ain't paying attention. This is outside of McDonald's restaurant in Silver Spring, where, according to the Montgomery County Police Spokesman, Captain Thomas Jordan, four black men were originally approached by an officer for loitering and trespassing. Well, this body cam footage was released, and the acting police chief, Marcus Jones, is defending the officer's actions, but still called the language that she used inappropriate. He did not say whether the officer in question would face any dis disciplinary action. Not. He's uh -huh. defending her actions. If he's defending her, the so, woman so, should not have a job. So I mean, she, this. See, the thing is, you have the. You always show the crazy ass white people, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. There have to be consequences for this kind of behavior. Yes. Using the N word as you're attempting to do law enforcement, stopping the brothers. I mean, maybe that's okay, maybe not. But the point is that that language is unacceptable. And if she is still on the force in Montgomery County, then the damn chief needs to be fired, and whoever is in charge needs to be. This is absurd. This, the, black people are being assailed and assaulted every minute, not only physically, but also intellectually, emotionally. A police officer. You know, I mean, the, 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 the number of these things, Roland, and you've done a great job in documenting them, but the number of these things that happen on a daily basis, yep. are it, it, it really goes back to the lynchings. These are forms of intimidation. It lets folks know they have no civil human rights. Mm -hmm. They can be talked to, treated any kind of way, and somebody needs to say enough. Eugene. So a couple things here. First is that um, she proved in that tape that she does not have the ability to effectively police unbiasedly. She needs to be pulled from the force and maybe have her police license revoked. Secondly, um, the reported cause of this stop was descent of marijuana. In the state of Maryland, uh, per you know, law a couple years ago, that's no longer probable cause to be searched or to be stopped. So everything after that apparent stop, a search um, for marijuana, should, should be totally discounted. I mean, that I mean, the, the abuse of rights is absolutely appalling, especially in quote-unquote progressive Montgomery County. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, th this has to mean the police... It's even more disgusting that the black police chief would come out and defend it. You know, I think the Montgomery County County Blue Council, line. the Montgomery County County Council, you know, our friend Will and his buddies need to, you know, take some very very aggressive action at their next session. But the problem is they won't. And yep. you know why they won't? It's because it is normalized to be yes. disrespectful and violent towards black people. And it's normalized for police not to have any consequences associated with that behavior. Yeah, that is normal. It. And so, you know, I find it very interesting. Honestly, I hate to be, I don't want to call this petty. Maybe it is. Go ahead and be petty. <laughs> <laughs> be petty, petty Maybe on Monday. Go ahead. Petty, okay. Listen, I I'm watching everything that's happening over the weekend, and I'm seeing all these mayors come out and saying that they're going to defy ICE. And I'm thinking, okay, good, you should defy ICE. But why don't you defy your own damn police forces mm. when they are out here murdering black people uh -oh. and I can't find your ass saying a damn thing about that? Uh -oh. How about you defy that? Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. You know, and Avis, the point is that, as you said, violence, verbal violence and physical violence against black people has been normalized. Yeah. So your yeah. neighbor can shoot you. Your neighbor who, and this whole notion of feeling threatened, anybody who is threatening is you, these United States is us. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I got a good one, I got a good one. Roll it. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm white. I got you, huh? Illegally selling water without a permit? On my property. An uh, IRS security guard in Ohio facing one charge of aggravated menacing after pulling a gun on a Lucas County Sheriff's deputy. The deputy, Alan Gaston, came to the IRS office to ask a question. Gaston arrives in full uniform, badge, firearm visible. Security guard informed Gaston he needed to put his gun in his car, and Gaston said that he could not do that. That's when a security guard pulled a gun on the cop. <laughs> Gaston decided to leave to, to, to de-escalate the situation. The security guard followed him to the elevators and then tried to take him into custody at gunpoint. Y'all, the security guard, fake-ass top-flight security, 
tried to do a citizen's arrest oh on an actual cop. <laughs> I'm sorry. He is lucky he did not get his ass whooped. That's what should have happened. Someone from the office eventually calls 911, but fails to mention that the man with the gun was a uniformed cop. Gaston and his wife have filed a civil lawsuit against the security guard and the security company citing emotional psychological distress. Y'all! <laughs> it's, it's not even funny, Roland. I mean, I'm laughing yeah, because it's like, it's so incredulous. that You a fake-ass cop! Who yeah. does not have to pass no IQ test? Who pulls a gun on a real cop? A rent a cop. Cause a real cop got a gun, which real cops carry. And that white boy again, <laughs> economic envy. Economic envy. I got the job. Black man got the job that he wish he had. <sighs> there you go. Yep. That's it right there. And so, that's got, that man and so he's gonna pull a gun. Pull, pull yeah. it. Because security guards. I mean, they're like, I'm not. I'm not disrespecting. Top security flight guards. security. But, but you know, they're like the lowest of the low. I mean, oh. look, look, the use of the so, overuse of. So now when I go to Macy's next week, don't bother me, y'all. <laughs> overuse of, uh, of special police officers in federal buildings. Agencies like this, which face very real threats, need very real police to actually deal with very real issues. Yeah. What happened there? That guy, the SBOs, he's lucky he did not catch a bullet. Uh, right. You know, he's lucky that the, the officer. Y'all, look at the, the brother. The brother's like, man, look, dog. You straight tripping for the line. Rolling, get it together. This is so loud. <laughs> he's straight. Y'all see the brother like, man, you tripping, pulling his gun out. Y'all, he falls up to the elevator. He tries to arrest him. Right privilege. Now, these, yeah, other, these two the other, he, he's got a gun and he won't leave. Yo, he's a cop. But, but, he, but now here's what I don't understand. I don't understand why the two white cops don't normally do when somebody messes with a cop, like whoop the security guard's ass. Or I mean, uh, it happened to black people. Or, you know, or uh, yeah. let's put him in some handcuffs. At least put him in handcuffs. At least they dude, you out of order. You out of line. You out of control. You just fucking menacing. You, you pull go, a gun out. That's that's. Hey, you go hey. all the way back to Plessy. Go all the way back to no, the Plessy have, right? decision. A white man. A, has a black man has no rights that a white man is bound that's, to that's respect. Dred Scott. Right. That's Dred, exactly that's what happened. That's Red Scott, eighteen fifty-six. Oh, that's back in first. Yeah. So, you, but 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 and then you go back. You look at the whole trope around lynching, yeah. and all of the lynching really was about economic envy and Got what it. you call white fear, Roland. Yeah. You talk yeah. about white fear, and so this is what black man comes and he mind his business. He wants a phone number. All he that's wants all. is a phone number. Y'all, uh, remember, remember the, uh, the white boy in Virginia, James Alex Fields yeah. from Ohio, who was crying to his goat? I really shouldn't go to prison for killing hella higher. I mean, prison's so <laughs> tough, it's rough on me psychologically. He's an avowed white supremacist. <laughs> uh, they gave his ass life in jail anyway, didn't matter. Second now he got a second life term, plus 419 years. What the heck did he do? On state charges in court. Last month he was sentenced to his first life term in prison without the possibility of parole on federal hate crime charges. He was the one who drove his car into a crowd of counter-protesters during the white nationalist rally two years ago in Charlottesville, Virginia, killing Heather Heyer and injuring 19 others. But what got me was with his attorney. Prison's going to be rough on him. They always do that. It's going to be it's rough on him. On or well, you know, they need, to, they the, need to put him white in a cell, cell with the No, I like life plus 419. Yeah, I mean, if your punk ass die, you still come back. You got more time. <laughs> you still come back. Yo, you got you go more to time. Hell, you still gonna be in prison. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all. I mean, that's that's the whole deal. All right, y'all. Uh, that's it for us today. Uh, first and foremost, uh, tomorrow we're gonna, of course, uh, have uh, some of the stuff from uh, last week from the Bahamas, uh, the gathering conference of the Global United Fellowship. Uh, we are going to uh, hear from Dondre Whitfield and Devon Franklin. We're gonna live stream. Their chat. They talked about manhood. They got real raw in the conversation, and so we're going to talk about. We're going to have that for you tomorrow. So we look forward uh, to that. I'm sure Donald Trump is going to say something stupid, so we probably got to deal with that as well. Yeah. Uh, but the last point is here. This, this is very simple. You can be pissed off and mad and angry at Donald Trump, but if you're going to sit your ass at home, you know what you are. You trifling as hell. And so the only way to get this fool out of office is to vote him out of office, which means you've got to mobilize and organize. Uh, and that's what our focus is going to be. Uh, I don't care who is running against him. Uh, you can literally put up uh, a chimp to run against Donald Trump, and I'm telling the chimp will have a much higher IQ and will get my vote. Uh, 
Uh, and so I'm just trying to let you know that right now. And so, uh, and I don't give a damn what Bob Johnson had to say about how the economy is doing well under Donald Trump, the economy that he was handed in perfect condition by the black president. Uh, but the reality is uh, we cannot sit on the sidelines and be quiet. Be sure to support Roland Martin Unfiltered, folks, uh, by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Join our Bring the Funk fan club. Fan club, so we look forward to uh, you doing that. And don't forget to get your promo code, of course, discounts to items on our website as well. Eugene, Julian, Avis, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Holla! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app.